guys, what's up? Welcome back to Dude, I Love That. I'm Liv, and today we're continuing both the Summer Throwback Series and Miley Cyrus Week with, I'm pretty sure, every single 90s girl's favorite show growing up, Hannah Montana, and I've been rewatching it for this episode. And so I am like in a mood. I literally listened to Miley songs the entire time I was getting ready. And also, if you're watching on the video version, I have my very Lily Truscott-esque uh, t-shirt situation on. It's like a baseball tee. Also, fun fact, I was told all the time growing up that I looked just like Emily Osment, and I really did when she was younger. And then when I got to like the same age that she was in Hannah Montana, we both looked so similar. Not at the same time though, so that avoided a lot of confusion. But anyways, let's get on with this episode. It's going to be a short one. I'm just talking about a few of the characters and what I saw from them and what their likely Enneagram types are. So let's of course start with Miley. And you know, she's just a funny one because originally... I was thinking that she was a three, and this is something I talk about all the time, the difference between a three and an eight. And long story short, I ended up choosing a type eight for her. And I realized that it was really in the nuance of the way that she responded to situations, also her humor. Those are the two things for me that really were just like, oh wait, no, she's not a three, she's an eight. So this is a really good indicator, if they're a three or if they're an eight, okay? the humor that I was talking about. So eights, they're the challengers. They're going to come at you and usually they come pretty full force. They don't come with some nice, fluffy, hilarious thing. If they sense some sort of like weakness or you being a weasel or whatever, they're going to poke at it. And a lot of times they poke at it in a very fun way that you can actually laugh at it yourself. But what we see in Hannah Montana is she actually comes and slices you like a freaking scalpel, dude. It's so funny to me. And a lot of the times, whatever she says is so cutting that the other person is just like, ooh, you know what? I'm just going to stop. And then, of course, that's how she gets her way. But that's just like the, the life of a main character. And so... I think the thing that really ends up grounding her and getting everything to be balanced, I guess, is the best way to put it, is the fact that she's so loyal to her friends. And this is something, again, that can be difficult to distinguish between a three, an eight, and a six, especially if they are a counterphobic six and that's being thrown into the mix. It's a whole thing. Okay, so the eight, six, and three, they all are very loyal. However, the six and the eight will drop you like a hot potato if they feel like you have crossed a boundary, if you broke their trust, whatever. The three is going to be a little bit better about that, but same kind of thing. If it gets to the point where they're like, dude, I can't even trust you, you're gone. But that's kind of where we see with, with Miley, all of her friends, they go through different scenarios here and there, but even in the situation where she finds out that Lily and Oliver are dating, she actually doesn't take it too personally. And that's another hallmark thing of the eight versus the three and the six. The eight is going to see something, confront it, get over it. Whereas the six is going to harp on it a little bit longer, might not get over it. The three is going to be like, oh, I got to really put a big guard up here because I don't know if I can actually be my true self with them because they've done X, Y, and Z, if that makes sense. Hopefully I'm explaining it well, but yeah, that's kind of the thing. The eight will get over it and they're able to kind of get over the trespass quicker and without as much emotion. The six is going to have more of that reactive, oh my gosh, you broke my trust. This is so scary emotion. And then the three, they're going to feel like you're not really in my circle anymore, but I'm still going to continue to be friends with you. I'm still going to, you know, reach out. 
but it's just not going to be probably as deep of a friendship or a connection as you once had. But again, she was really quick about getting over that. Anytime somebody has come into her life, except for Jake, I will say, I think that's one that she kind of let linger a little bit, but then when it was done, it was so done. And that's what I'm talking about. She just dropped him. She's like, you know what? This isn't working for me anymore. And then of course she goes on to Jesse. But long story short, (laughs) I think she's an eight and I think she's probably an eight wing seven. I think she has more of that seven-ish vibe. Um, I think that she's able to kind of turn on a dime. You know, it says several times in the show that she's able to learn dance moves really quickly. She's obviously really good at kind of having herself spread thin in a way, but also not in a way that she can't be fully present for the things that she's committed to. And so that's what I think is really interesting. And that's what you're going to see with that type eight. The eight is really good at powering through because the type three, remember they have connections to six and nine. So they're going to have a little bit less energy than the eight. The eight is really good at compartmentalizing their life. And that's obviously what we see with her as she is Hannah. So she's got these two completely separate lives and she's juggling so much. She's extremely hardworking. She's obviously very responsible and trustworthy because you can't just give that kind of responsibility to any kid because there is so much going on behind the scenes and they have to be able to approach things like an adult and be very clear headed about it. Whereas a lot of kids, they get so caught up in I'm famous, I'm this and I'm that. And also this is what's so funny too. If she was a type three, she probably wouldn't have the two separate lives. The eight doesn't want to feel intruded on. They don't want their their privacy invaded. They don't want to feel like they don't have the autonomy and the freedom to go out and do things. The type three would probably revel a little bit more in having this life of fame and fortune. And so that's where you can see The three thrives in that. The eight would crumble. They do not enjoy that. And so that's where we can see she's very eight-ish and she's not very three-ish. However, I think she probably has a three in her tri-type. So if I was just going to spit it out, because I haven't really thought about it, she's probably an eight, three, seven. That tri-type makes a lot of sense for her and probably accounts for a lot of her quick-wittedness, her ability to get over things quickly, her ability to perform and actually have fun doing it. It's a very unique situation that she's in. And I think because, like I said, she's so loyal, she's hardworking, she's able to compartmentalize, she's very clear with her boundaries and she's like, boom, she just cuts right through to the chase. And so that's where, again, I think we see a lot of that eight-wing seven for her. And then this is what's gonna be really interesting Let's talk about Lily. So I have heard chatter on the interwebs that people think that she is a six. That blew my mind. I was like, on what planet is she a six? I think maybe they're harping on some of the times where she says things and then she's like, "Uh oh, I got to backtrack. And then she does her little like nervous, I don't know what to do. But she's definitely not like that all the time. There's a character that is like that all the time. And we'll talk about them in a second. But I don't understand why anyone would think that she's a six. Now I've heard two versions of the story. I've heard some people say that she's a self-preserving six and she looks kind of two-ish, which again, blows my mind. Then some people said that she was a counterphobic six and used her as kind of an example of what a counterphobic six is like. I do not agree as a counterphobic six. I do not think she's a counterphobic six in the slightest. And I think some of what they're picking up on is a little bit of that bite and that harshness that comes in her humor. And I think that's accounted for in her eight wing because newsflash, I think that she's a seven. And I really think that she's actually a seven wing six, but that eight comes out sometimes because she's very competitive. She loves doing sports and like team activities. And she also does a lot of solo sports like surfing. And so she has a lot of interests and hobbies and you can see 
she does not tire easily. She is like ready for anything. She really likes to have things on her plate or on her schedule because for the seven, looking forward to an event is just as fun for them as actually doing the event. And so that's what I think is really fun about Lily. And that's why she's the perfect compliment to Miley because Miley has this busy life and this hectic schedule and Lily's able to come and be like, I'll be right there with you. I love doing this stuff. And I think it's so cute that Lily also has her disguise as Lola Luffnagle. And I think I said that right. But <laughs> anyways, all I'll say is this. I dressed up as Lola one Halloween. Best year of my life. Okay. So much fun. I had the purple wig. It was amazing. But yeah, that's what's so special about Lily. And we see, oh my gosh, wait, I forgot she skateboards. That's totally her thing, especially in season one. And what you see a lot from Lily that you would not see with a six as much, unless they do have a seven wing, she is so good at being glass half full and presenting other solutions. And so a lot of times something, obviously the, the whole plot of any Disney show, it's going good, something happens, and then they have to solve it. And so that's where Lily will come in and be like, well, have you thought about this? Don't worry, it could always be worse. What if this were to happen? And I think that is a little bit of that six wing showing, but at the end of the day, she has that seven. She's very adventurous. She's loyal. Sevens are very loyal. And I think they kind of get overshadowed by the six who's called the loyalist. But sevens are extremely loyal. And especially because she has that six wing, I think we see that more than her eight wing. So again, maybe that's where it's become confusing. But Lily is very much that typical sweet young seven who doesn't have too many responsibilities that just wants to enjoy life, do as much as she can at once while also being able to give herself fully to what she's doing. And there's not many people or types that would be able to be as energetic, as full of things as she is. And she's very much able to handle the responsibility of knowing that her best friend is an international pop sensation while also treating her no different than she was the entire time because some people might have a really difficult time being like, okay, you're this one time and then you're this the other time. Like, what do I do? How do I treat you? What's going on? But she just lets it roll. She's like, okay, this is what we're doing now. And she just goes with it. And that's where that seven, eight friendship between Miley and Lily is so special. And you can see that they're able to balance off each other very well. And they don't take things that the other says too personally, because again, they both share that connection with eight and seven. And so they can be like rapid fire, like, doo -doo 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 -doo. and you know what? Each person comes out and they're just like, whatever, like, I don't care if you said something that was a little bit rude, <laughs> Miley, or if you said something that was a little bit spastic, Lily. And so that's where I think it's a really cool friendship to see. And I honestly don't know off the top of my head if we see any other eight, seven friendships in a show. Maybe I'm wrong. Listen to the other episodes and let me know. But off the top of my head, I don't think we have, which again is why this show is so special and close to our hearts. But let's talk about Oliver because I think his relationship with Lily is so interesting. Okay. So Oliver freaking Oaken, smoking Oaken, if you will. <laughs> have you seen the photo of him with like 10 cigarettes in his mouth and someone captioned it smoking Oaken? That literally lives in my mind for the rest of my life. It's so good. But I definitely think that Oliver is the one who's a self-preserving six in this show. I mean, hello. I've never seen such a funny example, like such an over-the-top example, I guess I should say, 
of a self-preserving six. He has that little bit of the two sweetness and he's very kind. He really wants to like be there for his friends and be part of the group. Oh my gosh. There's just so many things that he does that are just precious, but there's so many times where he gets nervous and quickly slides down the hill of spasticness. I mean, it is just like zero to a hundred. And that's where you're going to see that more from that pop culture six. And I say pop culture six because not all sixes are like that. And I don't think it's as rapid of a decline (laughs) as it is for Oliver and some of these pop culture sixes. But what we see is there's only a short amount of time in these shows. And so they kind of amp up the spasticity, a word. I feel like it is, but also I might've just made it up, but who cares? We're going to go with it. So I think we see that a little bit more from him and from those other pop culture sixes, but Oliver is loyal to death. There's so many times where I'm like, oh my gosh, Miley's so mean to him, but he keeps showing up. He keeps being there for her. He freaking loves them both to death. And you know that if she needed him, he'd be right there. (laughs) One of the episodes that is my all-time favorite that I'm thinking of right now is the time where Luann comes and wow, so many thoughts about that episode. But we can see that Miley calls him. She's like, I need your help. Can you get here? And what does he do? As a typical six, he gets prepared for the party, even though Miley does not want him to come and it's very clear on that phone call, but you know what? He dresses up anyway. He's like, I'm going, I'm going to be prepared because I'm not walking into this party in plain clothes looking stupid. And so that's where it's so funny to see how the different versions of a quote, typical six come out. And he very much embodies the loyalist that literally is there for them whenever they need him and however they need him, because odds are he ends up being the butt of the joke or ends up having to do something stupid, but you know what? He does it with a smile, a little bit of a problem, but he does it with a smile. And then I just want to talk really quick about Lily and Oliver's relationship and why I think they're such a good pair. So obviously they connect on the six and the seven because I think Oliver is a six wing seven. And so with Lily being a seven wing six, they both really understand each other well. And that's how I think they were able to just sort of click together and it just worked for them. And it wasn't this awkward, weird thing. It was just like, this is what we're doing now. This makes sense to us. And being thinking types, they're both going to be like, okay, this is logical enough for us to continue. And so that's where we see they really did just kind of have a moment where they were like, why are we not dating? Like this makes sense to us. And so that's what you're going to see from those head types. But what I love about Lily and Oliver is the fact that Lily is able to bring Oliver out of his head and out of the constant kind of anxiety or white noise that he has going on. But Oliver is also able to bring Lily into, hey, let's problem solve. Let's kind of think this through. Let's see this from different angles. Maybe there's a play here. And so that's where I think they are such a funny match because those two together are just like ping-ponging off each other all the time. And what I love is they both really get in their hearts together and they're able to connect. I think they both have maybe like a two in their tri-type. And so I think that's where it's really cute to see that. And of course, the self-preserving six looks a lot like that type too. And of course, between them and their friendship. So let's look at the friendship here. So we've got an eight, a seven, and a six. That is such an interesting friend group. And I feel like we do see a lot of eight, sevens, and sixes as friends, maybe not together, but like separately. And it's because 
they have so many similarities to each other. Like we just talked about, obviously the sexual six, the sexual subtype six, AKA the counterphobic six looks a lot like a type eight. So you see a lot of those friendships. Then of course, eights and sevens share wings. And so you're going to see them together and they really understand each other well. And so that's where I think this friend group where we typically see in pop culture, you know, you're going to see more of like a two or a three or a six as a main character. It's really cool to see a type eight female as a main character, because a lot of times type eight females get this, I don't know, label, I guess, thrown on them as being a B word. And that's something that I talked about too, in that Laguna Beach season two episode with Kristen, that bugs me so much because they're not being a B. Okay. They're just very strong-willed, very, I know what I want. I'm going to go after it. And so sometimes, especially with like teenagers, you know, who just kind of don't know what they want, don't want to rock the boat. The type eight can feel very abrasive and very intense. And I think that's maybe what we're seeing a lot of with Miley in the show. However, you can tell when the type eight is actually being a snowball, or if they're just being their typical type eight self, that's like, we're doing this, we're going in this direction. Come on, let's roll. And that's where I think she does flip off a little bit. I think, I think sometimes she can be a little bit of a brat. And that's where I know some kids that I grew up with, their parents were like, you're not watching that show because sometimes she'd mouth off to her dad or something like that. And it can come off very rude and condescending. And so that's where you have to balance that with being upfront and communicative with those around you, but you can't do it in a way that makes the other person feel embarrassed or ridiculed or shallow. You have to do it in a way. And this is something I talked about in the last song episode, Ronnie's dad, he's able to do it in a way where it comes across with a lot of love, but it really does slice you to your heart because you're like, oh shoot, you know what? You're right. And you're able to take it versus sometimes Miley can come across a little bit rude, especially when she talks to her dad. And so that's where there is a balance there. And that's where I think Lily is really good at calling her out when she does do that. She's like, Hey, why'd you talk to him like that? Why were you doing that? And of course, that's the hallmark of a great friendship. And then let's talk about Jackson super quick. This one was so difficult for me because even though I grew up watching the show, I had such a struggle with these kids and their types. I was just like, what the heck is going on? But I think a lot of people would say that Jackson is a seven, but I actually think that he might be a type nine that's actually in the lower health levels and feeling a little bit more slothish. Now, remember, sometimes type nines have good energy especially when they're healthy. And a lot of type nines that are very, very healthy have a little bit of that eight quality in them because they're using their eight wing more. And so that's something that I see that there have been, there's actually one type nine that's going to be on the podcast soon that I literally was like, are you sure you're a nine? You're so blunt and to the point that I was shocked that you were actually a nine, but She's really good at seeing situations from many different sides. She's good at bringing the peaceful, calming aspect to things, especially when things get out of control. And so that's where you can see that. And I think sometimes what we see from Jackson is that he wants inner peace so badly, but he feels like he doesn't have it because Miley's life is crazy and his dad's focused on her and he's a single parent. And there's constantly people in the house. There's like Lily running here and skateboarding all over. And there's Oliver who's always spazzing out about something. And so I think a little bit of him feels like I don't have a homeostasis. I just have craziness. And again, we see later on in the series that he doesn't really know what he wants to do with his life. And the idea of thinking that far in the future is so nerve wracking to him. And I think, again, that could go back to potentially he's a seven because sevens kind of want to live in the moment, but they're also future thinkers. And so that's where I'm like, mm, 
I think the seven would be a little bit more of, I'm excited about the future. Let's go towards something. Let's pick something and just try it out. Whereas what he does is he shrinks back and he gets so in his sloth state of, I don't want to move. I don't want to do anything because it's too overwhelming for me to think about. And that's where you're going to see more of that nine in lower health levels. I think Jackson's healthy to a point. I think he's probably in like the mid health range, but of course, because these are all like very caricature types for the show, we do see him a little bit more on that sloth side where he's, he's got energy, but not for what he doesn't want to do. And so there's a lot of that like six, nine, seven going on, but I really do think that he's probably a nine who feels like if I just keep going in this direction, I can figure it out later. And that is the vice of a nine. A lot of times nines are like, if I just keep staying here, doing what's comfortable, it'll work out. But eventually you end up so far down the road and you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't moved. I haven't done what I wanted to do. I'm, I'm still stuck in the same place. This is terrible. And so sometimes when you get out of your immediate situation and get out of the present and think more about what's to come in the future, if I don't make a decision, if I don't get out of this, then that can scare you a little bit into making action, which will help jumpstart you and get you out of that sloth state. And so that's something where, especially in one of these episodes that I watched, Jackson drops out of college in Tennessee, and then he's back in Malibu and his dad's like, what are you going to do? Just work at Rico's for the rest of your life. And so he goes through this kind of like dream sequence of what would happen if that was the case. And he's like, oh my gosh, no, that's too scary. I I need to go register for college classes. Like I need to move forward in life somehow and figure out what I want to do. And then of course, later on in the series, I think, is that season four? Maybe season four, but we see he really still doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. He's, He's going to college, he's doing all these things, but at the end of the day, he's still lost. And sidebar, but this is why I'm so against kids just going right out of high school and going to college without a clear path. What a disaster. But he's still like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want to do. And a lot of times nines are kind of asleep to what they truly want in life. And so that's where sweet Rico, I I want to do the Rico thing so bad, but I won't because I think it'll be so annoying to hear. But Rico sees the potential in Jackson and he's like, I know what you'd be perfect for. And he sets him up with the game or sorry, with the job where he's testing video games. And so sometimes it really does take someone else seeing your potential and telling you about it. And that helps you jumpstart that thing of, Hey, maybe this would be good for me. I should try this. And so that's something that if you're a nine, ask people around you, what do you think I'd be good at? What do you think I should move towards? Sometimes they see something that you've totally missed and it will change your life. And that's my spiel on nines. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. Anyways, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Be sure and check back Tuesday for a brand new podcast. We're doing so much fun stuff for the upcoming episodes of the summer throwback series. And you know, we have polls, behind the scenes content, all that good stuff over on on Instagram at dude. I love that podcast. You can also follow me for more Enneagram content at Hey, it's Liv James and so much more fun stuff to come. I cannot wait to show you. Thanks again for watching and check back next time. Bye.